Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Let's go! It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round three recap for this week's American Express. Joining me to break it all down, it's him, it's Greg Ducharme. Greg, welcome. Um, I'm here, happy to be here. We finally have at least one round under our belt on all three courses. I mean, I don't know how you feel about this, Rick, but when you have three courses, breaking down the first two days is such a challenge. You don't really have a good feel for where anybody stands. Oh, and trust me. I'm, I'm aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and even after three rounds, you don't really have a great feel. So it's a tricky one to handicap at this point. But um, action was good today and conditions got a little tougher, I would say. And I'm kind of, I mean, aside from Lee Hodges and Paul Barjan, I'm, I'm kind of surprised at the scores. They're, they're, not, they're not as crazy low as usual here. Yeah, well, it, you know, it is an interesting milestone that we've reached this Saturday evening because every golfer has played each of the three courses once, so that's nice. And uh, producer Jacob did the hard work of compiling the scoring averages depending on your course rotation, Greg. And I want to read these to you before uh, we jump into the leaderboard because if you started at La Quinta on Thursday – when you played the Quinta, the Nicholas course, and then the stadium course on Saturday, the combined scoring average was about seven and a half shots under par. If you started on the Nicholas course, it was nearly six shots under par. And if you started on the stadium course, it was like 2.75 under par. Obviously, Greg, there are, you know, the, the better players played the stadium course on Saturday. That could be part of it, but this is still, no matter how you kind of want to, frame this that's a five shot difference basically in the order that you played these in yeah that's huge and um jacob that's great research it's it it's very very interesting um and and the other thing that was very interesting is the nicholas course was the easiest course yesterday i believe which i found to be strange so i'm not sure if it's because one course is more difficult I, i guess um uh, that that's just a surprising order. I guess the stadium course played really tough yesterday. Um, and, and really, so looking through yeah, the stadium exactly. course today, it played it played under par today. One point. It was, one point. It's the easiest. It was the easiest course on Saturday. The stadium course was we, the easiest course. Which is so it's so strange. I mean, it was a little. It was easier yesterday. Two point three. That that's also bizarre. It was two point three under par yesterday, and in in round one. It was right around the same thing. You know, round one, it was only three quarters of a shot. There you go. That's what. Yeah. It was really hard on it. It either played really hard on Thursday, or the players didn't go get it. 
And my guess is that that's the answer. Because then if you go to Nicholas Tournament Course, that was two, nearly two and a half in, in round one. Um, in round two, it was it played three under. And I kind of expected it to play a little harder yesterday. Um, it, the greens are really firm over there. Um, and today, Nicholas Tournament Course played over par. Yeah. Or at least it's... it is right now. It's it's wild stuff. Yeah, as we speak, there's you know a handful, probably less than a dozen, probably less than ten guys out on uh, three golf courses. But let's let's look at the leaderboard. This is shaping up to be for me, Greg, a giant question mark. So we've got uh, our two leaders. They're playing their final hole of the day. Lee Hodges, Paul Barjan. They are both currently eighteen under. And I, I love me some Paul Barjan. We've talked a lot about him on. Uh, on on Monday, DFS previews about how undervalued he was, and I never really thought that that might come to fruition in form of a vi- in form of victory, Greg. But it, it seemed like he was always being priced incorrectly based on his actual skill set. Well, what a golf swing it is, right? You, you yeah. watch him swing, and you don't expect him to be. What was he on DraftKings? Sixty one or sixty two hundred? Yeah, I think sixty one. Um, so that I mean, what a value you get there. You've already, I mean, you, you racked up some points today if you, if you played him, which is great, but it is an incredible golf swing, which, which I have enjoyed watching. And, and here he is in the mix. I mean, this is, this is what we get at this event. We get guys who are, we get long shots to win seemingly right. all the time. What, what, what was the statistic on that, Rick? Like five, um, what, what was it? 50 to one is the average. Yeah, something like that. I mean, Adam like Long, that. Adam Long wanted at five hundred to one. Andrew Landry wanted at two hundred to one. Everybody else was kind of living in the the fifties to eighties range outside of John Rahm for the last eight or nine years. So yeah, it just kind of the 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 chaos, the all the different variables, Greg, just kind of breed these longer shot guys having a chance to actually pull off victory. And and it's not the golf courses don't demand length. They don't demand distance. There are dog legs. There are opportunities to, um, well, well, let's just say there are places where where it really narrows up, and and you're not you're not able to really hit driver way down there. You're forced to lay back and play positional golf, which Pete Dye does a great job of. But um, and, and then Nicholas and La Quinta, those are kind of tight golf courses. You have some OB over there, and some concerns like that. So, um, it, it was, I would say, um. It's very interesting to watch it all play out because you have all these birdies being made, but anybody can make them. And there are a bunch of different ways to make them. So I, I, I'm surprised to see Patrick Cantlay slip down the leaderboard a little bit. Surprised to see John Rahm sitting where he's sitting. And you kind of expected, even especially after round one, you expected those guys to be in a heavyweight battle coming into Sunday. And it's it's yeah. anything but. Our friends over at Caesar Sportsbook, they are assigning Lee Hodges as your favorite on this Saturday evening. Three and a half to one, Paul Barjan, four and a half to one, Seamus Power, six, uh, plus 650, along with Tom Hoagie. Those are the four names in single digits. And it's the Hodges Barjan group, Greg, because they played together on Saturday. 15 under par combined at the stadium course, and they're still wrapping up their final hole right now. There is. Uh, oftentimes we see this, the ability to kind of feed off another person in your group, that kind of sometimes goes positively and negatively. Absolute ceiling days from Hodges and Barjan out there. Both of them. 
and and it's clearly a comfortable pairing and, and they did feed off of each other you know, right they're matching each other shot for shot quite often and and it leads to this and and i tell you those two guys they influence that scoring average big time because those are re- those are really good rounds that they both have going on the stadium Ooh. course you know what's interesting, Greg? So assuming they both stay at 18 under, they're going to play again. They're going to play in the final group on Sunday. So they're going to play all four rounds together, which is probably pretty rare. Yeah. I mean, it's much more common in an event like this. Um, well, right. Where then, the first then three, then you're playing with the same event. guy. Yeah. Right. Right. Because you get three. But um, yeah, I, I think that bodes well for them. But it is a it, it's a big deal, right? Tomorrow's round for those guys will be a really, a really important round. For a number of reasons, but you, you look at Lee Hodges, who's just coming out from the Corn Ferry Tour, and although he, he's a PGA Tour rookie, and you you finally get your card after a couple of years on the Corn Ferry Tour, and you have a chance to get your card, lock your card up for two years, it makes a huge difference when yeah. when you make it and then you stamp your name, you know, you stamp that card for two years. It's a huge bump right away. And it'll be a big confidence booster. It'll give him a lot of flexibility. If there's an area of his game he thinks he needs to work on, he can put more work in. He doesn't have to chase points at that point if he gets a win. And the same is true for Paul Barjan. So both of those guys have will have a lot of pressure tomorrow. And it's going to be a tough day. A Pete Dye golf course under pressure is, I, I'm not sure I'd call it fun. And I wouldn't expect the same kind of day today uh, or tomorrow rather than like we saw today. Sitting at 17 under par is Tom Hoagie. He's alone in third. It was a Saturday 68 that was highlighted by four straight birdies from four through seven. He played the La Quinta course, Greg, and he's the one that we've talked about often on the DFS preview about being a popper, where when he has his ceiling weeks, he finds himself inside the top 10. He hits his irons very, very well. He's the one, uh, you know, Rooting interest aside, he's the one that would financially benefit me the most. I'm holding 125 to one uh, Tom Hoagie ticket, so uh, I think he's got my full attention for Sunday. He's he's almost like a a lock sleeper play, right? He, he's a good sleeper play every week. If, if you're not sure who to go with, he's uh, become I, at least for me, he's a he's like a default spot in a DFS lineup when when I need a guy. He his name I'm I'm drawn to his name in there. So yeah. it's it's cool to see him near the top, and I'm a huge fan of his. I love watching him play. That iron play is a big reason why. And I loved – I know he played La Quinta today, but I love the round he played yesterday at, at the stadium course. That bo- Playing bogey-free over there in yesterday's conditions, which got a little tougher towards the end, that was a big deal. And um, and, and he, he showed up again today. I, I think he would have liked a couple more birdies on that, on that second nine there. But um, – well, all in all, a good round, and he's he is in great position in the second to last group. Like six and a half, six and a half to one uh, for Tom Hoagie to win the American Express. Same odds as Seamus Power, who shot a sixty-six at La Quinta, Greg, and it was uh, he was a, a bat out of hell. You know, birdies on two, three, four, five. Then he eagled six, so he is just uh, scorching hot to start his Saturday round, cooled off a little bit, treads water the rest of the way. But we are really seeing Seamus Power. I mean, he's coming into his own. He is just on an absolute heater going on six months, seven months, something like that. And it's it's so cool to see. I mean, he was tied third last week. T- 
tied 15th at the Century Tournament of Champions and tied fourth at the RSM. And then it, there, he did miss the cut in Houston, but before that he had three straight top 25 finishes as well. Um, and, and that's not long after a win at the Barbasol. So he's starting to feel like he belongs. And he was pretty close to a favorite, right? 9,500 on DraftKings. He's the seventh highest priced player in the field, which, which is a, a rare spot for him. Right, he he's used. We're used to seeing him in the seven K yeah. range, and and um, w- which gives you a little bit of an idea on his odds. And so, when you all of a sudden get that bump, and now you're expected to perform, it adds pressure again, and, and it's a it's a different ball game at that point. And he's handled it nicely. And um, boy, he it, it's cool to see he and Hoagie up there because they're kind of yeah. go to they're they're go to sleeper plays and. I know Power isn't really a sleeper anymore, but he's playing some really nice golf. I I want to talk about a couple of the big names uh, who are I, I don't even know if they're lurking at this point, but I I'm, I'd be remiss if I didn't point out that this this top ten, Greg, the top ten players on this leaderboard have by my quick count seven career PGA Tour victories, and those are from four guys. It's it's one for Power, one for Lonto Griffin two for Hudson Swafford, and three for Francesco Molinari. There is not a lot of winning experience. I would not define the top 10 as closers. It's just a log jam that I think could create chaos on Sunday. We could see this thing shuffle around constantly. He got two PGA Tour rookies in there um, with, with, with Cam Young and Lee Hodges. Um, is is Bar- Barjan isn't a rookie, right? No, I don't think so. I think this might be yeah. a second full year. Right. I'd have to check. I on think that. I think I think you're right on that. Um, and then just outside, you have C. Thagala right there too. So you have a lot of youth in that group. A lot of guys that are rather inexperienced. I, I think Lonto Griffin is probably a little disappointed with his round today. He's a winner. He's another guy who's contended in big time events. He's played well against great fields. He's got to be feeling really good about where he's sitting. Although. I think today's round was probably a little disappointing for him the way he finished it off because he was right there and and I, I think he was hoping to be a little a little closer to that eighteen under mark. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But you're right, Rick. It it's a uh, not an expected top ten, if you will. Yeah, as long as somebody in the top 10 wins this, it's probably going to be a pretty big boom for, for their career. Just outside that top 10, Patrick Cantlay, Will Zalatoris. Cantlay shot a 72, which snapped his streak of uh, 21 consecutive rounds in the 60s. That was a PGA Tour record once they started keeping track of all of that information. Um, so he is now four shots back and 10 golfers behind and then John Rahm is five shots back uh even more golfers behind a couple more throw a couple more on the list for John Rahm so it's going to be difficult for those two to leapfrog all of these golfers without doing something really really special at the stadium course on Sunday and and the story for Rahm was really the the the, the lip outs the burnt edges uh could not get those putts to drop or else this might be a little bit of a different story with 18 to go every time I've seen him this week he's he can't believe the ball didn't go in. It's this, right? He does this every time. Right. He and, and he squats down. He <laughs> Hands over mouth. Yet. Exactly right. So um he is playing some really good golf. And it's gonna be easy to look at this finish if he if he doesn't win and 
say it was a you know a weak performance, but it wasn't. This is the same performance. This is just a, a putter. This is actually, you know what it reminds me of, Rick? It reminds me of the way he started last year. And and the way last year started, he was racking up top tens, which I still expect this week. Uh, he was racking up top tens, but he wasn't really getting close to contending because of just that. It was the it was this, right? I mean, he he, he narrowly missing putts one after another and that's what we're seeing this week so um again is he out of it no not even close on a golf course like this with all the big numbers that we have out there at the stadium course you look at the guys earlier in the week who shot over par and they they weren't shooting over par because of lack of birdies or making a lot of bogey i mean they're making big numbers saw phil mickelson make a nine i know that wasn't on the stadium course but doubles triples others are out there on this Pete die design because it's so severe. There are, there are really sharp edges and, um, and, and a one yard miss at being out of the fairway could put you down in a really deep bunker in a tough spot. And you, you can make some big numbers that way or in the water. So it'll be interesting. It, it does open an opportunity for somebody to go post, uh, especially if it's a John Rom getting up there, um, posting his name early. That could be a, a big advantage. And, and we've also seen something unique this week with some, some wind and um, wind on this golf course makes it a lot more nerve wracking. All right. I'm going to put you on the spot. Um, <laughs> who wins this golf tournament? I, I have no idea. The player this, I've been I, most, I don't remember with. one being this wide open, Greg. I don't, it's been a while yeah. since we've had one like this. Yeah. It's a good, it, it's a good point. I mean, there's three shots between the last guys in top in the top 10 they're tied right. fifth and and the lead so that's not a lot then you have Cantlay and Zalatoris they're four back but they're in 11th so there, there's not a huge number not a huge number of guys to jump so I think they're still in the mix I think the guys that are t15 uh John Ron Wyndham Clark Davis Riley at 13 they're, they're five back I think they're still in the mix so um, once you get start getting below that, I think I think coming from twelve um, from twelve under catching the guys at eighteen is a a tough one. But the guy I've been most impressed with this week is Tom Hoagie. Um, yeah. He, so I, I'm looking at him to seal the deal tomorrow, and uh, I know that's going to be tough, but he's impressed me. It's going to be tough for anybody, quite frankly. Now I'll cheat a little bit and I'll, I'll name a couple of names. You know, Seamus Powers the best player in the uh, in a good position Top 10. right yeah two two back and the guys ahead of him are have have zero combined PGA tour victories he's the best like th- that's the most logical one I'd love it if it was Barjan but I- I'm with you Hoagie's the ball striker right Hoagie's the guy that if he gains a couple of strokes on approach and rolls a couple of putts he's a he doesn't have the PGA tour wins but he's a savvy vet. You know what I mean? He's played a yeah. lot of PGA Tour events. He's been in the heat of the the heat of the battle on Sunday often enough. I I think it might be Hoagie, and I hope it's Hoagie. And he he's not that guy, um, a rookie popping out, getting a win in their first year. It, yeah. You know, he's been here, like you said. I don't put him in the category of oh well, he'll lock up his card for two years. I know that's a great benefit, and he'd be thrilled with that. And Nobody would ever pass it up, but I, I don't really get the sense that that's on his radar. He he's not worried about job security because he, he 
he pops quite often. He's quite good. Um, yeah. But then the other interesting guy to me in the top 10 is Molinari, who is just playing some steady golf. He's got himself in the mix. And he, although he hasn't been here a lot lately, he's a major champion. And, and he's won, as you said, three times on the PGA Tour, but a lot more on the European Tour. And, yeah. you know, I hear, I hear this line all the time. And I believe John Cook is the guy um, who I most recently heard it from. But he, he's, John Cook says, you don't, you don't forget how to win. You forget how to get there. You forget how to, how to get yourself in position. When you don't have your game, you're not going to win. You, you, don't have the, you, you can't get there. But once, once you get there and you feel like your, your game is in shape, well, all of a sudden you, those memories come back. And that second nine, that, that weekend at Carnoustie starts to pop in your mind. And I, I think that could be really valuable for a Molinari this weekend, this, uh, tomorrow. And he also, he played the stadium course today. He played a great round. So I, I like what I've seen from him too. All right. Well, I think we are in for a chaotic Sunday. And after the final putt drops, we will be here to break it all down. But for now, let me thank producer Jacob. He does all the hard work behind the scenes. That right there. It's Greg Ducharme. You can find him on Twitter at the real GFD. And you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount+. Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount+, Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.